Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. In this episode today, we're going to talk mindset and the importance of knowing how to breathe with Joel Jelen, which I'm really looking forward to. Joel has worked in the media for 20 plus years in the fast-paced world of PR within print online and broadcast. He actually began learning about breathing education in 1995 to balance out his work and lifestyle. And what he's done is he's since turned that into a successful business over the last three years and has studied with breathing experts globally. So as I say, I'm really looking forward to this episode and finding out about Joel's mindset too. Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. With me today, I've got Joel Jelen. Hello, Joel. Hey, Paul. How are you doing? What have you been up to this week? I'm doing good. I've been juggling a lot of things, which I quite like because, one, I like being smart and busy, and two, I like to be able to test myself against things like overwhelm and all the kinds of obstacles that present in business every week. So that's a very broad general background as to what I've been up to. Specifically, I've been helping a lot of people to breathe better. And that doesn't mean that they become some kind of yogi, some kind of bohemian chilled out dude. That just means they actually live their life at work and at play and at rest in a far more efficient way. Brilliant, brilliant. Sounds sounds great. And and to just let everyone know, where are you right now? Because this this hasn't quite gone to plan for you today, has it? So I tried to get back to the office and put my um, power suit on. Well, it was a bit more Paris casual, but I'm even more Paris casual now, jeans and T-shirt. And I'm sitting uh, by the waterfront in the beautiful Liverpool city centre, um, lovely setting surrounded by loads of oxygen or trees in plain English and taking in the fresh air and, and chatting with you and I knew I wouldn't make it home about an hour ago because just the way things worked out so as I always do I let it go whatever the situation is um, the best way to think about life I think is to just assume that you're never in control so relax no one's in control and nothing's under control and just go with whatever presents Lovely. Okay. Well, I always start. I always start with the podcast with your story. So, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what your story is and how you've got to where you are today? Okay. So, my background is working in media. I became fascinated with journalism through my economics degree, which was health economics based, and I did a dissertation about the economics of food production. It gave me the insight that I was looking for into how huge corporates shape what we eat. And I've always been a firm believer in we are what we eat. So I started to change my lifestyle and became a wellness advocate. This was in the early 90s, but there was something missing. And what was missing was the way I would lead my life because of the fast-paced environment I was in, i.e. media. So I was working in print online and broadcast media. And one day, whilst working in broadcast media, I had this overwhelming feeling whilst I was working on a radio station. And it came when I was presented with this brand new mixing desk. And I just thought, oh my goodness, what do I do with all this? 
in such a short space of time. And I got all these different symptoms, which I knew were physical, but really they were all based on how I was thinking and feeling. So with an investigative mind, I went to meet, and I met some fantastic people through journalism. I went to meet this guy who turned out to be the founding father of something called chronic hyperventilation syndrome. And it turned out that what I was doing was hyperventilating, which to the layperson today, someone maybe older, would have realised that. And I was fascinated by it. And I took my wellness advocate hat and then applied the breathing optimally knowledge that I gained from this fantastic doctor, Dr. Len McEwen in 95. Yeah. Started using it amongst friends and family and then thought at some point it could become commercially viable to, to grow a business. And I waited a long time because it was way ahead of the curve. Yoga started to come on stream about 10 years ago. Yeah. Mindful meditation, etc. But breathing education, trying to sell breathing techniques and saying to people, do you know you could breathe better, but you have to pay me for it? It seemed some kind of whimsical tale, didn't it, rather than a business proposition. So, so I waited. Um, and of course, the pandemics taught a lot of people about the power and importance of breathing better. But just before that, it started to catch on. I'm getting some traction. It's a long road, but it's one of my passions. So I'm pursuing it and I'm getting there. Brilliant, brilliant. So, you know, during the pandemic, has, has business been been good then because you know for, for some people it's been difficult and for others it, it, it's been you, you know especially if you're online it, it's been amazing so I'm just wondering how it's been for you it's been good and I've had a steady flow of interest from people who used to be cynical so there's a lot of people who, who follow me over the years who just kept one eye but never really indulged in it in terms of commercially are now happy to pay for it I've had more group sessions than ever before I've gained so much profile from the pandemic, which I'm not embarrassed to say. Um, there's been obviously some very positive lessons for lots and lots of people. And I do think that more people have changed their mindset. It's been well talked about, chronicled, hasn't it? And yeah. the thing about what I do is it's a physical function which can help you change how you feel from a mental health perspective. So it's not just about mindset, it's physically how you can change the way you behave. Because after all, a lot of us, unfortunately, as human beings, start with good habits, we pick up bad ones, and they stay with us for all kinds of reasons for decades until something monumental happens, whether it's some kind of trauma or whether it's some kind of worldwide event that we've all experienced. Yeah, I, you, you know, I, I totally agree. And we, we obviously know and fully understand the mind and body connection. Um, so, so this is about mindset and reframing your mindset, this podcast. So why is mindset so important in what you do? Okay, I'll give you an example as one of the best ways to explain this. So I met a guy who's very talented. He's at the top of his game in his business. He runs the show. He founded the company multi-millionaire he struggles using technology because he hyperventilates and he couldn't work out why he hyperventilates anyway he came for two lots of sessions with me which basically means eight weeks and he worked out that there are three things at stake 
when we breathe, which he knew nothing about, in spite of being a very well-traveled and well-rounded chap. And he found out, first of all, that the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body and tongue posture is huge in the way we breathe. Wow. He also found out that he would breathe from his chest as opposed to his nose and opposed to his abdominal muscles, his lower abdominal muscles. Yeah. And he also found out that stuff from childhood was ruling how he would breathe. So what he had to learn was he had to learn a mindset based on changing, changing habits for what was virtually a lifetime, some 45 years. Yeah. And changing those habits through changing his mindset around all those habits, he was able to cure what he'd tried to overcome in something like 25 years of hospital appointments on and off. Wow, that, that's, that's fascinating. And, you know, to just, just talking about the importance of, of breathing, the mindset, and obviously, you know, in relation to past experiences as well. So, you, you know, obviously you've had the business and um, there's, there's a lot of thoughts and research that's gone into to what you do now. Um, how would you describe your mindset then? My mindset is a very open one. It's relaxed. It's thinking about how to do the most efficient things with the least amount of drama. So I don't, almost by nature now, court drama. I don't like gossip. I don't actually like talking about myself that much, but I need to do it because obviously how would people understand about breathing education? So I do it to share it with others. So my mindset is extremely positive. I've always been like that. I've always been someone who sort of thinks slowly and acts quickly rather than jump into things. I'm not impulsive. I like being spontaneous on a social level, but I'm someone who's a little bit cautious, but I like to weigh things up. And by doing that, I don't make many bad decisions. And I, I met this guy who was homeless a few years back and through another company that I'm involved in. We did an event for this homeless charity. And he said to me, all of us are only one major bad decision away from being homeless. And it really stayed with me, that comment, that quote. And I just thought that, yeah, you know, if you can just take a step back and have a think before you do stuff, because we live in a fast world. If we're online, that's pretty quick. And there are a lot of people out there behaving, using the written word and images or both, who are presenting themselves, creating a persona online, not necessarily thinking about the perception of what that actually creates as a result. So to have a mindset that's a little bit cautious and that takes a step back, I think is a good thing. And it ties in with breathing a bit slower, or in fact, breathing a lot slower. The slower you breathe, the more cautious, the more thoughtful a mindset you'll have. Uh, that, that, that's that's really interesting. So just just out of interest, Joel. So on, you know, on the basis of you saying, you know, in the nineties, you, you had an interest in wellness and and yoga, and obviously it, it's resulted in in breathing. So have you had to do quite a bit of research and study to to hone your technique and, and what you do? 
Yeah, I'm involved in, so the technique first of all is called Buteyko, which is named after Professor Konstantin Buteyko, who was a Russian guy who in the 50s had very high blood pressure. He was a doctor, he was a medic, and he found through a variety of experiments that he could reduce his blood pressure, very high blood pressure, to normal levels by breathing slower. He then went on to help asthma patients and many other people with a variety of conditions that were under the label of respiratory health. And I learned through his son a great deal about Buteyko breathing, the method. I then learned through some of his age-old peers about it. I joined a professional forum, which is a global one. I also became part of the Buteyko Professionals International Institute, which I'm now a fellow and I've done residential courses. I've spent the best part of 26 years honing my craft. So right. a fair bit of effort has gone into what I now know, but I know so little really compared to some of my peers who are now in their 80s. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a very good position to help a lot of people based on the grounding I've got. Brilliant, brilliant. It, it, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because because I look at it and I go, no matter what I've learned in my life and the experiences that I've had, there's always something new to learn. There's always something to, you know, think differently about. There's always ways and, you know, to look at things differently and understand things differently as well. And it's interesting going back to the the, the story about you know, be, you know, you only want bad move away from being homeless, and it's that you know sometimes when you ask yourself the right questions and really think about life, you can really start to understand that actually sometimes just waking up and breathing can be the most important thing that you do. So, you know, it's fascinating the work that you've been doing. So so what, what practical tips would you give to others to develop their mindsets? And, and obviously you've got the breathing technique, but to develop the mindset and breathing? Yeah, breathing techniques is, is being used at the moment by a lot of different people but it's, it's one part of the picture. So if I get someone who comes to me who is someone who hyperventilates, it could be a large variety of the population, but because I'm fronting a lot of this towards business, I'm gonna meet someone who's an alpha male. Now, if they come to me, they love the gym, they eat a great organic diet, but, and they, they learn all the breathing techniques, Will they get well? Well, to a degree, but you know what? If they haven't got the mindset, they won't ever get to where they need to be. So it's absolutely huge and, and central. So for example, you can get up every day and you can do the techniques before breakfast, you do them before lunch, you do them before dinner. But if you don't employ some of the mindset stuff, then you're not going to get to where you need to be. So I'll, I'll give it more clarity around that. All the techniques that I encourage people to commit to as part of their regular lifestyle, they give you more clarity in your own mind. They make you function more efficiently. But if you don't change how you approach things, if you don't change your philosophy about things, so if you let things aggravate you, if you let things get to you, if you try to do too much. So one doctor once said to me when I wasn't well, um, only ever try and do 75% of what you think you can do. And it's mindset stuff like that that really changes people's opinions. Just like 
you need the mindset in the first place to actually come and see the likes of me and start learning about the power of food, eating a more alkaline diet, for example, thinking completely differently, behaving completely differently, looking less at things in wanting to be in control. I talked before about, you know, relax, nothing is under control. If you have that kind of mindset and some of the more woohoo guys who, who say things like the universe provides, well, you don't have to be a hippie to think like that. Actually, you know what? Sometimes you can just let things flow. And you and I have got a mutual colleague, the great John Bullock, who talks about flow. Sometimes you need to look at what you're doing that might be going against the grain and look at what you're perhaps more passionate about, more suited to, what your character is suited to, what your personality is suited to. So that's huge. What are you here for? What have you been put on the earth to do? Can you be truly true to yourself and genuine? If you look at all those things, that might change your job role. That could change the partner you're with. That could change your whole, whole lifestyle. So if you build up your mindset around what's genuine to you and then start to look at changing your lifestyle physically through the likes of breathing techniques, through what you eat, through who you mix with and associate with, etc. Mindset's always the starting point. Yeah, I, I absolutely, totally agree. And, and that, that was brilliantly poor. So, so do, do you work with, because obviously you're saying about clients that might be hyperventilating, but you obviously work with healthy clients as well that are just really interested in being the best version of themselves? It's a real mix, Paul. So it ranges from community organisations to corporates to individuals who are, like me, wellness advocates who just want to grow their knowledge to people who have asthma, people who have COPD, people who are not well and have some kind of respiratory condition. And I also work with athletes. So there are people amongst my client base who are professional athletes and are looking to make that extra marginal gain and they don't quite know how to do it so for example i've recently been working with a bodybuilder and she couldn't quite get to where she wanted to be in competition and one of the reasons was she didn't know how to breathe when she lifted weights so i don't know if you lift weights yourself or do um yeah, yeah. so okay so i've seen so many people in gyms breathing correctly when they lift weights which causes high blood pressure, which creates tension in the muscles. So for example, from a breathing perspective, always, always lift in the pause. You have 20% more ratio of movement when you lift in the pause. In other words, inhale, exhale, pause, lift or move. You have 20% more ratio, 20% ratio more uh, functionality and flexibility as well and you take away the tension that you can put into your muscles and your joints. So the variety of people, the spectrum is, is vast. Let's face it, we all need to breathe. Otherwise, you know what happens. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's great advice. That's great advice. So, so you mentioned John and you've mentioned Constantine. You know, who, who's helped you develop your mindset? A lot of people really over the years. I've been very lucky. Um, some people say I've got this serendipity. And I kind of walk into things and walk into people. And for example, I, I injured my shoulder and I went to see this guy called Paddy Phillips and an amazing guy you walk into. He's an osteopath, 
but he's, he's far more than an osteopath. He's been head of security for Miss World for 10 years when that was PC to have Miss World around. He's lived in Japan for a decade. He's learned to be to become a, a second dan in karate. I could go on and on and list applaud it. He, he left me with things like, I'd say to him, so Paddy, every time I do this um, gym exercise, when I lift this particular weight, it hurts me here. And I pointed to my chest. He said, well, don't do it then. <laughs> the most simple piece of advice ever. But he had all these different quotes, which have taught me a huge amount. Dr. Len McEwen, who taught me about how we breathe. It's not the fact that we breathe. It's the fact that how we breathe. So we take it for granted. So if you think about how we breathe when we sleep, when we eat, when we relax, when we work, when we exercise, if you know how to breathe optimally during those five different aspects of our life, you'll do them all far better than you probably currently do. So there's an epidemic of sleep apnea, has been for many, many years. How does it get treated? People have a CPAP machine put on their head. That's not the answer. That's a plaster. How do you breathe better? That's why there are breathing educators. So there are people out there within the wellness spectrum across the board who have helped me learn so much. And I have to mention someone called Patrick McEwen. Not related to Len McEwen, different spelling. Paddy's a guy who 20 years ago had asthma. He worked in corporate in uh, financial services. It wasn't really his thing. He wanted to get out. The stress was way too much and it changed his breathing. Prolonged stress changes your breathing. I've seen it time and time again. And it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Basically, through that prolonged period of stress, he found a route into breathing education. He became passionate about it. Has written about 10 books since. And it's probably the global leader in breathing education now. And I've done a residential course with him up for a week. And I've, he's learned a, a fair bit from me because of the learnings I had from Dr. Len McEwen. So those three people stand out for me, but there have been so many. And you know what? Every week I meet people who, who teach me something about things I'm passionate about within wellness. Well, that, that's an amazing list of people. So it's fantastic. And for, for on the basis of that, not, you know, obviously did this uh, career that you've had and you've met all of these, these um, very professional people and, and experts in what they do. And have you got a, a fun story that maybe you could share there that comes to mind? You know, always like a, a fun story to end the podcast with? Yeah, well, I don't know whether it's fun or not. What I find fascinating when I've ever seen these guys in person face to face is that you can look at what is a very serious illness chronic hyperventilation syndrome and they always think that it's fun and interesting to have this kind of syndrome I mean it really wrecks lives and um, Dr Len McEwen actually said to me he said you know what if you remember one thing about how to breathe breathe as often through your mouth as you eat through your nose you'll breathe far better for the rest of your life and you'll be far <laughs> healthier. I just thought, that's, yeah, pretty that, nice. <laughs> that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty mad thing to, to think about, but you're so right. So the other thing that um, Patrick McEwen said to me, he said, the problem with mouth breathing is that if you're thinking about on the dating scene, 
being more attractive to a woman? Do you look more attractive with your mouth closed or gormless with your mouth open? So he he put that in a, a very kind of comical way to me because at the time when I met him, I was single. He was just having a laugh about, you know, have you got any chat up lines related to breathing education? So he said, just don't mouth breathe as you approach a woman because look in the mirror right now, Joel, and open your mouth. You just look like, well, he actually mentioned Harry Kane. Well, that's a bit harsh, harsh isn't it? But, you know, to have that sort of gormless look when your mouth breathes, not going to not going to land you the woman that you want of your dreams. So, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. That That's great. So, uh, do, do you know what's fascinating? I, I could actually talk to you all day. Um, well, what would be your final advice then, just, just to close the, the podcast off with? My final advice is to, perhaps because of the times we live in right now, walk along the street, walk along your local high street, and count how many people in any one walk, anytime you go out, are mouth breathing. And just think about all the bacteria that's going into your system, straight into your mouth. You've got a filter in each nostril that bats off 95% of all bacteria, viruses, and pollution in the air, toxins in the air. Just breathe through your nose and close your mouth. Brilliant. Do you know, and, and I'm, I'm sat here listening to all of this thinking that I need to absolutely take some of that good advice. Um, it's, it's amazing how easy it is to, to fall into bad habits with breathing. So it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you, Joel. Well, thank you. And um, thank you for the opportunity, Paul. I, I get this opportunity more often now, but every single time I get it, I really genuinely appreciate it. That's great. So, well, thanks, Joel. And uh, we'll, we'll close off there. Cheers, Paul. So what a great episode that was with Joel. Really insightful in learning about the mind and body connection and how we breathe. And when we think about it, the importance of breathing optimally when we sleep, eat, work, relax and exercise. In fact, if we change how we breathe, we can potentially change our life. And I think about the mindset equation for success and how that relates to the key parts of drive and resilience, because actually being able to breathe is a key part of how resilient we are in the world. And one of the things that Joel said to me was that actually, if you walking down the streets or you're in a restaurant, just notice how many people are actually walking around in their everyday life with their mouths open. So they're not breathing optimally. So I think it's definitely something I need to work on and I hope you've enjoyed this particular session. So thanks very much to Joel.
out for you. Better. More focused. <laughs> Good. Come back to work. <laughs>